Welcome to Know Your Balls podcast, the podcast where you got to know your balls, you got to know what you're talking about with sports. And today we're back with another one, Avi Kargloth, Robbie Williams. Robbie, good to see you. Still repping those Motown Tigers. Always, man. I've been wearing this hat pretty much every day of my life for a while. So Right out of the womb, right there, day one, all day. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> hey, again, uh... We got you know our Tigers update. They're still they're still lagging behind a little bit, but uh, they're lagging more than they've been lagging. They're on a they're on a big lag. Oh, they're right on now. a special lag. Yeah, it's it, they were doing they they were getting a little hot for a second, and uh, then I guess they decided to jump in a pool or something. I don't know. Do we have, do we have any Detroit teams that are like killing it right now? I want to talk about it. Oh, don't okay. want to talk about it. Well, right. I mean, I, I'm really loving the way the Lions are looking, but you know, that's uh, that's 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 you know, not a good day when the Lions are your best hope for a winning season Yikes. next year. Yes, I'm kind of sorry I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> better days are ahead, though, Robbie. Uh, we we got some. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, we have some stuff to talk about in the NFL because again, it is the 365 day a year news machine. The Madden covers out, Madden 22. We got a couple of uh, all-time greats on there, and Tom Brady has made headlines for numerous things. Also, we have uh, Carl Nassib becoming the first active NFL player to come out as gay. We'll touch on that. Uh, and then the NBA, uh, some head coaching decisions have been made in the last few days. Scott Brooks is out in Washington. The Mavericks have made a bunch of changes to their general manager position and their head coaching position. Very stable organization making some moves. Stan Van Gundy, he's out in New Orleans. Big trade between Boston and Oklahoma City. We'll touch on that. Kemba Walker, Al Horford, they're included in that deal. And then the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals are upon us. We'll touch on those series and the injuries and the notable players out, especially in the Western Conference finals. Uh, We're talking about Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, both out for different uh injuries and reasons before we get out to uh to all of that guys uh, give a big thank you to tell abq and all the great people in albuquerque new mexico download the tell abq app you can listen to this podcast know your balls uh under the podcast section and all the other lots of neat podcasts so again big shout out to tell abq let's start with the national football league robbie where we've got the madden cover dropping uh the it was dubbed the GOAT version, Madden 22, featuring Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes and Tampa Bay's Tom Brady. Still weird to say that, by the way. It is the first cover since Madden 10 to have two players featured on the cover. Both of these players have been on the cover before. Brady was on the cover in 2018, and Mahomes uh, recently in 2020 was on the cover. So, I mean, what do you think of this two-GOAT version? I mean, it's... It's quite, uh, it's quite something, you know, I think we'll look back on. We have like a young potential future Hall of Famer and maybe the greatest ever. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea, but also it's interesting because I don't think I've ever seen, um, a, you know, a cover athlete repeated so quickly, especially two cover athletes repeated within, uh, you know, three years. Um, so, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, another interesting thing about Madden 22 is supposedly they are inco- incorporating um, those Amazon 
next gen stats they're always talking about in between games mm-hmm. um they're actually incorporating that into the rating system for the players and relying less on the madden scouts that's how they used to do it they'd actually send you know just like uh to a high school game when you're looking for draft picks or something yeah um you know just send them out there look at what they can do and kind of give them your rating now they're actually incorporating their stats so that'll be really interesting to see how that um affects the gameplay of that franchise something that i think is going to be interesting when we look back on this uh is because i do think patrick mahomes has that hall of fame potential right and brady will be in there so i think that'll be interesting to see two hall of fame quarterbacks when it's all said and done on one cover and also you know, when i think of tom brady i think of the new england patriots right 20 years there mm-hmm. six super bowls with the patriots now more and more it's like we're bringing the tampa bay buccaneers side of his career which is a, you know obviously a, a very small slice of it when you compare it to his new england days now we we saw him winning a super bowl with the buccaneers that's obviously going to be remembered forever and now we're going to see brady with the buccaneers on a madden cover so it's like it's similar to like to peyton manning how you know he spent all of his career with the colts but there are some there's definitely some concrete memories we have of him with the broncos which is a small slice of his career when comparing it to the rest so that I think that's going to be really interesting. Like there are going to be some concrete memories of people remembering him with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, yeah, it's I, almost I, getting normalized uh, the longer this goes on with him, especially with the success he's having uh, on this new team. Yeah, speaking. I'll tell of you the, what, though, I really yeah. enjoyed uh, Peyton Manning losing his uh, second Super Bowl. To Seattle, I'll never forget. I didn't like that team that year for some reason, and that opening play with the the fumble into the yeah. end zone, um, and then they lost like like forty something to seven, I think. Um, yeah, it was. It was I like liked Peyton Manning, but for some reason that year I didn't, and I'll never forget that. That's one of my most memorable Super Bowls because I love the Seattle Seahawks. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I'd get that off my system. Our guy Jacob uh, appreciates it. <laughs> so uh, speaking speaking of Tom Brady, though, he's made headlines for a couple of. Uh, different reasons number one he said 45 was the age he wanted to reach and that was his goal this year he's gonna be 44 so next year he'll be 45 he said you know even pushing it to 50 is maybe a little bit long for him so you know maybe we're closer to the end than we think with Brady but also uh, in a preview for uh, the barbershop which is a show that is hosted and produced by LeBron James and he has athletes and other famous people in talking about stuff and just in the preview brady was talking about how like there was one team that wasn't interested and brady was like you're sticking with that mf like really and so he even even at this stage of the season and the news cycle he's still making headlines i'm i'm obviously very curious to know which team and which quarterback he was referring to yeah it's you know it's like, how many licks are, uh, does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that question. Wow. What an unbelievable analogy, Robbie. That was that was incredible. Um, I can be pretty <laughs> quick with them sometimes. sometimes. Better, than, better than your jokes. I'll say that. Um, so we have that. Uh, Tom Brady uh, making some headlines there. Also, though, 
Uh, the biggest news from yesterday, really, again, it's just because this is we're in June here. Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders coming out as gay. He's the first active NFL player to come out as gay. I know a number of years ago we had Michael Sam, who was on the then St. Louis Rams. Um, I believe, though, he wasn't on like the actual roster. I think he was he had, he had been drafted. And he, I think, didn't make the team out of the preseason. So I think this is like what counts it as the first active player. Uh, uh, you know, kudos to him. He he was a he, he was a Cleveland Brown. He was in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was in the Raiders. Um, it's, you know, I personally don't care whether he's gay or not. He's just he's just a cool guy. And 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 uh, if you if you will, Robbie, indulge me for a second. Back in uh, back during the Browns' 0 and 16 season. Oh, sorry, my dogs. <laughs> my dogs making some noises in the background. Back in the 0-16 season, uh, the Browns season, it was terrible. It was awful. My dad and I went to a, a game late December in Chicago, and the Browns obviously lost because they didn't win a game that year. And uh, I was the only Browns fan in like my section. And Carl Nassib, who was on the Browns, he uh, he tossed this glove to me. His glove, it's a real piece of NFL equipment, 3XL. It's a uh, it's a big big glove. Like dude's got a huge hand, uh, and it, it just made my day. Uh, even though the Browns lost, it made my year. Uh, just just a really cool guy. Like it was a really small thing, and I was just the kid in a Browns jersey, and uh, he just he threw his glove to me. And uh, for that, I'll always be a fan of his. You know, obviously he. So I you know I I support him in being open about who he is and. Um, he made a hundred thousand donation to the Trevor Project, I believe, which is dealing with uh, suicide prevention uh, in the LGBTQ community. So, uh, you know, all all respect and, and praise to Carl Nassib. Really cool guy, really cool dude, um, and uh, you know, I'll always have something to uh, to remember him by. So, shout out to Carl Nassib. Yeah, no, he seems like a really uh, really chill guy. I liked his um, you know, his video. The way the way he said it, he said something along the lines of, you know, I don't really want a lot of attention for this, like, but I feel like it's my obligation as a part of the community to be, um, you know, visible as who I am. And, you know, I just, I just like how he, you know, he put that, where, um, you know, he's very, uh, you know, like he said, like you said earlier, you know, you don't care if he's gay or not. You just like watching football and he likes playing football and, you know, let's all just play football. Um, and he was like, you know, I, I can't wait for the day where, you know, people don't have to come out and just have this conversation and like, let people know, you know, where it's just more, it's so accepted. It's not even a big deal to announce it, you know? Um, so that's a nice thought. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, really, really well done again. Uh, big, big ups to Carl Nassib. He's a, he's a cool guy and all the fan in his corner. He also had, uh, he was, before before this, obviously, he was well-known, actually. He was on the, the, the Browns the year they were on Hard Knocks, and there was, like, a, a financial session that he had with, like, the team to try to, like, teach players how to invest their money, and it was, like, really confusing and really complicated. So it was, uh, if you haven't seen it already, I, I recommend it. It's really funny, uh, <laughs> and it was really complex, and I don't think anyone yeah. can understand it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was known. He was known for for that even before this. So, uh, 
again, a big shout out to, to Carl Nassib. Uh, to the NBA, uh, we have a few head coaching changes. Uh, and Robbie, I'll just list them real quick, and I'll let you I'll let you touch on whichever one you want to start with. We have uh, Scott Brooks out in Washington. Uh, his contract was was not renewed. Rick Carlisle stepping down as the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. He was there for 13 years, won the NBA championship in 2011, and also their general manager of nearly two decades, Donnie Nelson, is not there anymore. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki is actually going to be joining the franchise as a special advisor who's going to help with the process. And then after just one season, Stan Van Gundy is out with the Pelicans. This is uh, going to end up being Zion Williamson's third head coach in three years. So, Robbie, uh, I'll let you start, you know, whichever head coach you want to talk about. Well... First, I would say, like, the Pelicans, three coaches in three years, um, that's never good. That's no. just, that's just makes it very hard to develop, you know, some team chemistry there. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, I'm not going to say Stan Van Gundy was, like, the best coach and that he, you know, deserved to keep his job. Um, I'm not going to go that far, but it's just, that's a, that's a rough string of, of coaches there. Um, and, and you're kind of, you know, forcing yourself to start from scratch every time, you know, with, uh, you know, building relationships with players and, and developing a, a strategy and everything. So that's not, I, you know, that's not very good for the Pelicans, but, uh, and then Rick Carlisle, um, I'm just surprised at all these major moves the Mavs are making. Cause it's not like they, I, I don't think they failed that epically, you know, to, to warrant such a, you know, two big moves. But also maybe that's why they're just such a consistently good team is because they don't wait for things to uh, for wounds to fester and they, they fix the problem. So, um, you know, I can't argue with the Dallas Mavericks organization. <laughs> they obviously know what they're doing over there. Um, but the whole Scott Brooks situation, that doesn't surprise me at all, because, I mean, I think most people expected the Wizards to do a little bit better than barely making the playoffs and going out uh, in the, they 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 made it to the uh they made first, it the first round, round yeah yeah and they lost yeah. in five they lost in five to Philadelphia yes yeah uh, so yeah I I'll, I'll start with where you started Stan Van Gundy I I I really like New Orleans general manager Dave Griffin he was the guy who built the 2016 Cavs championship team so I'll always love him for that I always thought he was a really good executive. But I was scratching my head a little bit when Stan Van Gundy was hired with New Orleans. It never really seemed like a good fit to me, especially the Pelicans. The Pelicans have some veterans, but most of their best players are really young. Brandon Ingram was an all-star before Stan Van Gundy got there. Obviously, Zion Williamson is, is an all-star this year and is a future face of this league. We uh, you got Lonzo Ball, you got Josh Hart, all that. So it never really seemed to fit. Van Gundy's been coaching for a while. He he coached those Dwight Howard teams with Orlando. He was a head coach and executive with the Pistons for a time. I never really saw this as fitting. He had seemed like he had transitioned to his post coaching life well. He was broadcasting on TNT. So I was I was surprised. Uh, and all these reports coming out that Zion's family is not happy with him and how he treated the players. 
you had to get rid of him. You had to, if you know, if, if Zion Williamson and his family are unhappy, then that's paramount. So that had to happen. As regard to the Mavericks, uh, first Donnie Nelson, the general manager who had been with the team for over two decades, he's gone. And then Rick, Carl, Rick Carlisle steps down with two years left on his contract. I think both those guys will be Mavericks legends. If, if anything, only for the 2011 title that they won, the only the only title in franchise history. So they're basically like gutting the organization hierarchy. Mark Cuban is going to be filling a lot of positions. I think it's kind of like a obvious move that the greatest player to wear Mavericks uniform, Dirk Nowitzki, is going to be consulting with them. And that I like that he's not like, automatically going to be like the head coach of the GM because I feel like that's just like you're just asking for trouble but I yeah, think that's a good feet but a little bit yeah I think that's a good role he... for him like mm-hmm. special advisor uh, he'd been at Mavericks games and all that anyway so uh Luka Doncic is the number one person to to keep in mind obviously and keep him happy he's still probably going to sign the super max extension but Dallas, I think they're feeling like they underachieved a little bit. This is back-to-back years. They've been eliminated in the first round by the Clippers. Uh, and this is also especially after they had a 2-0 lead on the Clippers this year. So, yeah, I, I think they just need a new voice and all that. So I, I, I still am pretty surprised. And then Washington, I, I think a lot of people saw this coming. Like, yeah, Scott Brooks is probably not going to be back, especially because this is the end of his contract. The The Wizards did make an incredible push in the second half of the season, but they got off to too slow of a start. And, um, you know, there was there wasn't enough wins and losses to, to make it worth it for him to, to bring him back. So I could see Scott Brooks getting another job. And just like I think Rick Carlisle will, too. So and now, you know, now you're starting to see this interview process. Portland, they're in the midst of interviews. Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammond are getting second interviews from Portland. The Celtics are going to be looking for a new head coach. Uh, they're already underway at that. So head coaching carousel is underway. Yep. Be exciting. So uh, we got that going on. And then, of course, a big trade happening recently. It's a It's an odd timing for a trade of this magnitude, but... Uh, the Boston Celtics and the Oklahoma City Thunder come to terms with a deal. Uh, Brad Stevens, now the head of basketball operations, this is his first trade, and he's trading Kemba Walker to Oklahoma City. Kemba Walker, the 16th pick in this year's upcoming uh, in this upcoming draft, the 2025 second round pick that they own. All all those going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They, in exchange, receive Al Horford who's coming back to the Celtics, Moses Brown, a young center, and a 2023 second-round pick. And uh, now yet another first-round pick for Oklahoma City. I believe they have five first-round picks this year or something ridiculous like that, or four first-round picks. We'd be here all day if, if, if I was to list out all the first-round picks they have. Uh, so, Robbie, what are your takeaways from this trade? Do you see an obvious winner here, an obvious loser? Well, you know, you got OKC basically trading for players that are currently 12 years old. Um, 
because they got they got first round draft picks uh all the way to 2026 they got three in 2026 on top of having multiple draft picks and every year all the way back to this year so you know that's definitely a win for them but i don't think boston really lost this trade either because you know i, I like al horford horford uh, i like how his fit in there and um you know i liked kemba walker too i think he, he fit well with the celtics but you know um they also have uh pritchard i can't remember his first name yeah right peyton now. pritchard um peyton pritchard um you know who's you know a, a young talent um who's you know stepped up quite a few times uh for the celtics throughout the season here and um you know so i think it's i'd have to give a slight edge to okc just because of the just the sheer number of first round draft picks that they've managed to acquire not just in this trade but just in everything else too so and this is just a part of that so you know slight edge to okc but basically a win-win for for both organizations in my opinion yeah i think the fact that the celtics had to give up the 16th pick in the draft to move walker that that's saying something of how Walker's trade value has deteriorated. Oklahoma City is very good at acquiring a veteran and building up their trade value again. That's what they did with Chris Paul. You know, he had a really good year that one year and they flipped him to Phoenix and they got a nice haul uh, out of that. So I could see something similar happening with Kemba Walker or if they make that trade in the offseason before he even plays a game with Oklahoma City. I think I think this is a really good trade for the Celtics. First of all, Al Horford, his contract is not fully guaranteed after this upcoming season. So they can save a lot of money there. His contract is already like $10 million annually lower than Kemba's. So they're saving money. Horford is a better position of need. They have a, they have a fleet of young guards who they're hoping one of them hits. They have Pritchard, like you mentioned. They have Romeo Langford. They have Aaron Neesmith. They have guys who they're hoping will, will develop into something. Uh, and they needed a, a more consistent big. I think Moses Brown, they, Oklahoma City had just signed him to a contract extension, a very team-friendly contract extension. I'm, I'm surprised that they're moving him. But, I mean, uh, I think that's a really good get for Boston. They're addressing, they're addressing their, their biggest weakness, which was their front court. And they have a veteran who they trust in Al Horford. And they have a young guy in Moses Brown who could, I guess, develop into like a good, uh, I guess, rotation piece and, and all that. So I really like where where Boston is going with this. The 16th pick in the draft is obviously something something substantial that they had to give up, but I think it's worth it. Uh, and I think uh, you're going to be you're going to have a lot of money committed to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the near future. So you're going to need to have a couple of young guys uh, like Moses Brown. Yeah, definitely. So uh, can't argue with that. So we'll see what happens with uh, with Tristan Thompson. He's got one year left on his contract in Boston. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see what happens there if, if Boston's ready to move on after after just one season with him. Um, I, I think. Uh, I think though Boston, I think they're they're well positioned, and uh, you know they're going to miss Kemba's production. Obviously, it's not like Kemba's a scrub. You know, he was still averaging like 19 points a game or something like that. 
but we shall see how that how that works out. Um, now the NBA playoffs, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We've got the Eastern Conference Finals tipping off soon with between the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks, just like everybody predicted, right? Hawks, Bucks, everybody saw this coming in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, right? I've never, it's never felt so good to be wrong. That those uh, those two game sevens, I was completely rooting against the picks that I made, and I was very ecstatic while watching both of those games. I mean, I think that Bucks Nets game might have been one of the top ten, if not top five, maybe number one basketball game I've ever seen. It was amazing. With I mean, coming down to a toe on the line. Yeah. I mean, and overtime, that's... overtime game seven, like that's ridiculous. It's like it hasn't yeah. it hadn't happened in like fifteen years. Yep, that's it was it was it was great. You know, um, I was screaming at the TV. You ever seen the Big Lebowski of the movie? Uh, the, you know where the the where Smokey steps over the line and Walter gets really serious yeah. about it yep. and whips his gun out over the line. Yeah, yeah I was screaming that at the TV <laughs> when, when Kevin Durant had his toe on there because the second he shot it before they said anything, I was like. Over the line, and then they said it, and I was like, oh. it's like somebody hit the button at a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep. <laughs> that, that's a great callback. Yeah, I, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. It was every time I thought Brooklyn had it, Milwaukee just hit another shot or got a stop, and then I thought Milwaukee would like really pull away, and then the Nets would be right there. Durant hit that crazy shot. I mean, the the margin for error in that game was so small, and then uh, yeah, I don't think anybody had a lead greater than five, like the whole game, something like that. And uh, on the other side, we had a game seven in Philadelphia, where the Sixers fell to the Hawks, and uh, I think a lot of people are now, you know, it's a reality check for what the Sixers are how heavily Joel Embiid has really been carrying that franchise. Everyone, but everybody's going to be spending all offseason coming up with ways to get Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia because he shot the ball a total of like three times during the fourth quarter during the series. So there's going to be a lot of question marks with Philadelphia, but got to give some respect to the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they, they fired their head coach partway through the season. Nate McMillan somehow still has the interim tag. They need to get rid of that interim tag. Like, what? What are they doing? Like, they got him. He finished yeah. fifth. He finished fifth in uh, head coach of the year voting, and he was an interim head coach. They won, I think, like from the moment he took over, they were like tied for the most wins in the NBA. Like, give the man a job for crying out loud. Uh, give him the full time job. Like, who else are you going to give that job to? That's the only thing I'm upset about as it regards to the Hawks. But they they are coming. Like they, the future is now. Like they are four wins away from the NBA Finals, and and it doesn't sound as ridiculous to think that they might make us something out of this series. Yeah, um, I'm hopping on that bandwagon, 110. percent I'll root for the Hawks um, until they go down, just because you know nobody expected them to get this far. And, you know, they're proving everybody wrong. And, you know, you got to love it uh, when, when uh, you know, some team kind of distorts the playing field. Because um, we'll sit here and talk about who the best is all the time. And 
you know, but then you got people like that coming in here, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Trey Young, I'll tell you what, Trey Young was extremely inefficient, and yet they still won that game. Their savior, Kevin Herter. If I was an NBA player, I I would look just like Kevin Herter. Like I would, I'd be six seven drain shots. Like it was an old school slow paced game, mm-hmm. and Kevin Herter was the hero. It wasn't an accident that he was the post game interview after that game. So I like there yeah. are a lot of guys in the Hawks that are gonna that are really gonna be problems for Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think though, if you're the Bucks, the Bucks are the favorite, as they should be. But if they don't if they don't make the finals this year, there's there's going to be some real. Uh, I think Coach Bud Mike Boonholzer might might be shown the door. I was thinking if they lost that game seven to the Nets, he would be shown the door. But the Bucks, the Bucks haven't won a title since I believe 1971 or 19 something like that, and the Hawks haven't won a title since 1958, back when they were the St. Louis Hawks, and. Mm-hmm. And so one of those franchises, which hasn't won a title in decades, is going to at least be going to the finals. On the other side of it, the Western Conference Finals, the Clippers had never even been in the Conference Finals, and the Phoenix Suns, neither of those teams have ever won a title. So there's going to be a star that's going to win their first championship this year. And like you said, Robbie, I've never been so happy to be so wrong like there's there, there's so much uncertainty, especially when we're not far removed from the Cavs and Warriors going every year. I mean, I wasn't upset about it. I was a Cavs fan, but uh, still am a Cavs fan. But uh, like it's it's pretty it's pretty special to watch that we have all this uncertainty. Uh, and in the Western Conference, I mean, we've already we've only seen Game One so far as we're talking, but that was a great game, even with Kawhi Leonard out, even with. Chris Paul out that the Clippers jazz is, is really going to be, I think another great series. Oh yeah. Especially with uh, these announcers are having so much fun with the Terrence man puns. Ter- yeah, it's when that, so that guy easy. Does something, there's a good joke thrown out there. Yeah. And, uh, and they love it. They eat it up. They, every time he does anything, you know, they're yeah. just, it, it, I, I'm, you know, it's like getting a, you know, stand-up comedy special in the middle of a basketball game. I love it. Um, and he really, I mean, he really came out. Uh, Thirty-nine the, uh, points. Thirty-nine yeah. points in the yep. game six clincher. That'll just be known as the Terrence Mann game. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, I, you know, I turned on the game and I was like, "What's going on? Like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah." I've heard this guy before, but I mean, you know, it's, it's ringing a bell, but like, you know, now I'm, now I could recognize his face, you know, cause he put up 39 points. So I liked how Paul George was, uh, you know, he was really humble after the game when they did a joint yeah. interview and, you know, he said, you know, I just put in the work and, you know, the thing you're supposed to say. And yeah, you know, yeah, then yeah. Paul George was like, I knew he had this in him. I'm glad to see him shooting. Heck yeah. Yeah, so that I was, was kind of a cool I, moment to watch where you could tell Terrence Mann was like, oh, Paul George. Is, I thought, uh, I, I, you're referring to something I thought was like, I, I don't remember who the sideline reporter was, but I didn't think it was a good question. Like, did you think he had this in him? Like, what is he supposed to say? Like, no, I had no idea. I thought he sucked. Like, what is he, what is he supposed well, to say? Like, what All sideline questions are kind of like that, though. You know, I, I mean, what I are you supposed like to say? I feel like he could have worked a little you know, bit harder. I don't know. Those. I don't know. I feel yeah. like it could have been a little bit more effort there. But uh, I'm excited for this series. I'm really excited for the coaching matchup. Monty Williams and Phoenix and Ty Lue on the Clippers. Ty Lue, 
is getting should get a lot more credit now. I hope people are waking up to the fact that he's like actually a pretty good head coach. Uh, I, I mean, he he made some great adjustments in helping the Cavs win the NBA title in 2016, and now here he is handling a great Clipper squad without Kawhi Leonard, uh, and they're still they're still getting close in game one. They got really close to beating Phoenix in game one. They were down 0-2 in the first round and won. They were down 0-2 in the second round and won. Uh, he was down 3-1 in the finals and they won. I if, you, if you're not giving this man the respect he deserves, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, he, he is he's the yeah. king of investments. He's so comfortable saying, okay, what I originally had planned isn't working Let's do something else. And that's why his team has had a lot of success. And then the other side, you have Monty Williams, who I thought should have been head coach of the year. I'm very excited to see the chess match between these two basketball minds. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I've said it a few times. I thought the vibes were off in L.A. And, you know, they made me eat my words uh, 110%. And I enjoyed watching every second of it. Um, I mean, Reggie Jackson's been on fire. Yep. Um, you know, Terrence Mann stepping up. I mean, all the all the all the other players, you know, besides Kawhi and uh and Paul George are really just killing it and bringing, you know, and they're playing really good team basketball. Um, like you said, it's the adjustments that he you know, yeah. he makes these adjustments and you know, and then they come back. So I I eat my words on hating on the Clippers the past few weeks. Well, speaking of the Clippers, again, they're missing Kawhi Leonard, and apparently he had some kind of ACL injury. It's still not clear, like, if he's going to come back, because I heard something that was like, oh, he might have a torn ACL, which would be really bad. But apparently he's like, he could still come back either in this, you know, in this series. He missed game one. He's going to miss game two. But... They were still really, the Clippers were still really good without him. I think the Clippers' chances of a title are very much lowered with him out. Uh, but he could come back. And then obviously Chris Paul, he's in COVID protocols. He missed game one. He's going to miss game two, although his return is, is probably going to be a lot sooner. I forgot that like Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard weren't playing. That's how good game one was. And I think game two should follow suit. But these these absences are definitely going to impact each team. Definitely. Uh, you know, uh, I was shocked with, with uh, Chris Paul ended up with COVID. Um, you know, that's the first person I've known of, you know, any type of, uh, you know, major personality that has been vaccinated and also gotten COVID and, you know, had to go through something like this. So... That's yeah. kind of a little story in itself. Um, but it's a shame that he couldn't, you know, I knew that they said for certain he was going to miss game one. They were hoping that the, the Clippers series went to game seven so that he wouldn't miss game one. But now, of course, he's missing game two as well. So that's rough. But, you know, at least you know kind of for sure that he's going to come back. Whereas Kawhi, I mean, they're kind of, they're keeping it kind of secretive. You know, it's like game yeah. to game. They're like, nah, he's not going to play this game. Nah, he's not going to play this. They're not saying yeah. how long he's actually... For sure. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Hey, Chris Paul may not have been in the building, but Devin Booker dishing out, I believe it was 13 assists, his first ever triple double ever. Wait, wait, wait to pick a time to have it, Devin Booker. Devin Booker and I share yeah. a birthday. So 
you know, his success is basically really? my success. Yeah. Uh, one more thing uh, before we sign off. Uh, the NBA draft lottery. NBA draft lottery is going down tonight. Biggest day of the year. If you're a Cavs and Pistons fan, like the two of us are, Robbie. Uh, Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. The, the, the prize of this year's lottery. I mean, uh is it is an exaggeration to say this is our this is our Super Bowl? This is the equivalent of our basketball Super Bowl. I'm, it was it I, was when Zion go as far as my excitement for the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, <laughs> I'm definitely you know I, I still remember uh, Darko Milicic, um, the, the Pistons. That was a big pick. Yeah, that didn't. Hey, I can't remember who else was in that draft, but there are Hall of Famers that we yeah, passed up just on. 2003. And, uh, Darko Milicic was our cigar, our, our victory cigar. Every time he came out on the floor, everybody cheered because you knew the game was over because he was but terrible. He he has an NBA title. <laughs> in the midst of a championship team. Darko Milicic. Yeah, but he has an NBA title. He, he won as a rookie. on the bench the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, oh, I think out of, the, out of the top five picks of that draft, Carmelo Anthony is the only one without an NBA title. So think think about that. The, um, so yeah, the NBA draft lawyers tonight. Good luck to to your Pistons. Good luck to my Cavs, and uh, everybody else. You know, forget you. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, this has been know your balls. Uh, Robbie, you have any? Uh, I guess like another another bad jokey guy coming. Um, no, I don't. Well, actually, no. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. What do you call a, a group of bears with no ears? Earless bears. I don't know. B. Oh. He's calling uh, B. Because the uh, <laughs> B ear, yeah. Uh, well, this has been Know Your Balls. This is actually my my last show. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, been a lot of fun talking sports with you, Robbie. Uh, gotta gotta give a big thank you to our guy Jacob Stevenson, who's who's getting up early all the time to to do these shows. Uh, you know, helping us behind the scenes, and obviously gotta give a big shout out to to my guy AJ, uh, who's who's been great to work with at uh, Latinique, and and uh, I appreciate everything he's helped me with also got to give a, a thank you to Kate Guerrero who's the top head honcho at uh, Latinique thank you him as well uh this has been a lot of fun and uh you know maybe I'll stop by to to, to if you need some Cleveland Browns takes or or anything uh you know I might I might pop in I might pop in here and there so that'd be that'd be cool but uh this is my last time hosting been uh, again Robbie been, been great to talk with you and uh you know you definitely know your balls so that's that's it's someone I can I can talk to sports about. So thank you. Yep, I've definitely enjoyed it too, Avi. Gonna miss you. Well, hopefully you come back. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so again, uh, uh, shout out to TelABQ. Uh, make sure you download the TelABQ app. Check out Latinique, uh, Latinique.news. You know, the, you know the drill. Check out the socials. Uh, this has been all your balls. We'll see you next time.